somebody who I know had the most knowledge about him, somebody who was a serious fan of him. And I watched this guy really, really um, come to know and love DMX. So I brought on one of my friends, a longtime friend of mine. We, we were just talking before we got on here about how we've known each other. We can't even believe because, you know, where we are now, middle school was 20, 20 plus years ago. We've known each other over 20 years. One of my oldest friends. He is a, an artist, phenomenal artist that you just have to hear some of his music. And I hope you hear it after this show. But please welcome uh, for the first time to Wrestling With The Culture, Sifu Joe Hitson. Give him some love. What's up, my friend, my brother? What's up, man? The hostess with the mostest. What's up? What's up? What's up, man? Thank y'all for having me. I would like to point out that you are our first guest as well, so welcome. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm breaking records on the yeah, first Yeah, you are our first right live in. guest. We, you, you are our first live guest. I had a guest previously, but that was um, that was kind of impromptu, and uh, we, we haven't really been able to have a live guest while both of us were on, so you're the first one to fully come on while we are on, so I'm glad to have you. Absolutely. Man, look, man, God made it happen for this one. <laughs> he had to. God he really had to set this up. He really had to set this up. Excuse me one second. Let me get, I forgot to get my water. Let me pause one second. Okay, so I got my water. We're back recording. Um, let me tell y'all a secret I do with my water, especially when I'm, I'm working back and forth and I'm at my parents' house. I will take my water and I will place it on that air conditioning vent at the bottom so it get that natural cool to it. And it stays cool for the entire day. <laughs> oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's my thing, man. So I had to get, I had to put it on that air conditioner. Yeah, it's, it's dope. <laughs> but but man, so let let's talk a little bit about you, man. Um, you have any projects that are out right now? Or you just recently post put out? Um, not none that I recently put out, but in 2017, I dropped a double disc album. 18 tracks called lame living as me every day that's an acronym it's uh it's the movement it's it's what i was born to to do as far as just promoting being yourself man because we live in a world where like we in an identity crisis on so many levels man and then it's like everybody want to be whatever look good or whatever get them the most instant gratification instead of just being they self and you got to just be able to just know yourself show yourself and love yourself, like regardless how other folks feel. So I've really been pushing this lame thing since 2013. I dropped the double disc album 2017. 
me and my life partner, Briley. Shout out to Briley. I love you to death. Uh, me and her formed a hip-hop soul group called Blight Love in 2018. And ever since then, we've just been pushing Blight Love. So as of right now, man, where I'm at it, where I'm at in my life and in my career is um, continuing to give myself and to give the insight God gives me through my music because my music is always educational in some way, shape, or form. I don't like to preach. I just like to reach, though. But I try to try to put some substance in the music. And uh, Blight Love ain't no different, man. Me and her, we making music for the people. It's Blight Love as in black love. But we from I've been to Georgia. I've been black all my life, so we did black love. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is a love. characteristic of Albany. We we don't sometimes we we say words like bike and black yep. when we supposed to say black yep. and black. That is one yep. of our characteristics around uh, yeah, around man. the two two nine area, being a South Georgia boy. But man, check this out. So um, tell us a little bit about your uh, background for the people who don't know. Growing up in a hip-hop family because you have you grew up um surrounded by uh brothers who who did their thing tell me how how that was um well okay really i just grew up in a music family just to be for real because before you can even get to me and my brothers you got to get to my mom and my daddy so um my daddy always was a big music head, and so was my mama. And my mama actually used to sing and pursued a career in singing. She was part of a group. I don't know the name of the group, but she was part of a group when she was younger. But it, it ain't like they, you know, signed or did nothing like that. But she was just basically an up-and-coming singer, trying to find her way into the industry. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. Actually, to be for real, for real, James Brown wanted my mama to be one of his dancers, but my daddy hated on it. Well, but James Brown, James Brown wanted my mama to be a dancer, one of his dancers at his like live performances and stuff. But my dad was just like, "No, you ain't go, you don't do that, you do that." And I'm just like, "Nigga, do you realize?" I, of course, I wasn't born at the time because I was born in '85. But and you didn't mind, know how, just, and you know how James Brown could was back in the day. Even James Brown was, on. yeah, <laughs> he, he might have saved my, my mama. Yeah, yeah. he might have saved my and mama and their man. relationship. Yeah, because James... yeah, for real, yeah. You know, I can't. I, I can't imagine my mama. I don't think James Brown was my mama type, though. I don't think my mama loved print. You know, so I like, know, but he still he still was a ruffian. But yeah, yeah, man. But you but, know that that, that, yeah. that the road can change people, though. So facts. Yeah. But yeah, man. So I grew up in a musical family, man. Like I grew up listening to the oldies, man. You know what I mean? Like Prince is the number one, though. Like. If I don't have no memory of listening to no other artist as a little child, and I mean like four or five years old, it was definitely Prince. Like I remember oh, wow. my mama taping like his performances and music videos and watching them in a room. And then I'd go in there and watch them with her. And eventually I started learning the dances and I'd be down there doing the little Prince splits and shit. Like just just enjoying the, the feeling of music, not knowing exactly the message, but just enjoying the feeling of it and the creativity in it. And, um, I don't know, man. When I think about it, that might be my earliest, like, connection with music, like, loving music. I think it's Prince. And then from there, man, it just kind of, it just kind of grew. Because as I, as my brothers and me got older, my brothers started listening to stuff. And I started listening to what they was listening to. And it opened my eyes to just hip-hop. Like, Doggy Style by Snoop was the first album I knew front to back. Like, lyrics. Like, front to back. I remember so many mornings just ironing my clothes, making sure I got my creases 
in my khakis how I want to, listening to G's up, hold down. Like, I remember that, like, vividly. Mm. So I grew up, I grew up, man, just around music. My brothers used to record, like, little raps and stuff on, like, the cassette tapes doing record and play. They used to record shit, but they ain't never let me rap. I used to ask, but they never would let me rap. Like, never. But, um, yeah, man. Now, so, you got to give well, full clarity, know, too. Now, how, how much older were your brothers than yourself? Well, my brothers are, my oldest brother, eight years older than me. My, my, the middle brother is seven years older than me. So, we got a pretty good gap. You know what I mean? So we got them not letting really you rap was like you would have you would a baby baby. So if they're if they're sixteen, you like nine or so you not even yeah. in their circle for real. So they're like, nah, yeah. well you can't I can just imagine. Shoot, I, I, I I got a question though. How is y'all recording these raps? Were were you pressing the red button and the play button at the same time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Recording okay. play. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and, okay. And, and God would have it where when I turned 12 and I started rapping, that was the way I did it. Like, yeah. it just be, man, like, man, this God shit crazy. Because God always, I always tell people, God always show you a glimpse of what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And and ever since I learned that, I started paying attention to, like, what I'm doing right now. Because, like, everything I'm doing right now at this moment in my life, it's a glimpse of something I'll be doing next year or six months from now or two years from now maybe even four years from now, but it's like God always operating glimpses. And it's like the only reason, the only reason I really knew and understood how to record myself on my cassette player at 12 is because I watched my brothers do it when I was like six. So it's just crazy how stuff come full circle. You know what I mean? Even down to the fact that they didn't let me rap with them then, but eventually we became men and we did songs together. It's just crazy how stuff worked, man. Man, I did like now that's deep. one thing. That's one thing too. And I'm not gonna tell anybody who your brothers are, just because you know you don't talk about it much. And I and I don't like for people to get an idea think because y'all knowing each one of you, each one of you is so so different from the mm-hmm. other. So I don't like yep. to get people to get the idea of just because your brother is this guy and your brothers have achieved success in their own right in their own lanes. And I'm not gonna. You know, if you want to disclose that, I'll let you, but I'm not going to tell you to do that or try to put you in a position without communicating yeah. that to you. We can do that because, like, okay, right? <clears throat> My brother Sean J. from Field Mob, the mighty Field Mob from Ivan in Georgia, 229, what's up, right? That's right. So, like, for me, right, me and Sean, and but- we done butted heads a bunch of times since I was 12 because I've always had the mentality like, hey, man, you my blood brother. I done watched you get a whooping before. I just can't, <laughs> I just can't bring it to myself to, like, try to ride your coattail. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, plus two, and plus two, I was an independent kid, and it was because my brother's so much older than me. So when they leave with their friends in the car, I'm leaving at the same time on my bike and they finna go kick it with their friends. I'm finna go kick it with mine. I wasn't that little brother who was just like, can I be with y'all? Can I go with y'all? Can I like, well, you couldn't go with them. They, they were doing things that a 10 year old boy shouldn't be doing. I mean, cause you look at it by the time you you're rapping, your brothers are grown. They're 19, 20 years old. You ain't got no business really hanging with them. Yeah. But at the same time too, now, we, I have hung around him a few times and drunk some gin and watched some porn. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we 
would we would kick it every now and then. Yeah, but, but it's you, just but not as much as you weren't into think there was you weren't as into it as they some of the things they were into. You know what I'm saying? They shielded you a little bit, not so much, but or, I just honestly I don't think my brothers was trying to shield me just going off their personalities. I don't think my brothers had the type of thought process like we trying to shield Carlo because to be honest, they used to tell me stuff if they was trying to shield me. They used to tell me stuff they necessarily didn't need to tell me. Yeah. I just really think we just, we just do our own things. Like even okay. now we grown as hell. I still do my own thing. Like that's just who I am. But me and Sean used to butt heads though because Sean Sean, without telling me, used to want me to kind of be up under him musically, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was doing my own thing. Like when I got signed on my first my first deal, which really wasn't like a legit signing. But you know how you you know how you be in, in the neighborhood in a small town or whatever, yeah. or you just meet some people in a small town and hey, we got a label, which really you got a name and you printed some shirts with that name on it. Mm-hmm. It ain't no actual legit business. Ain't no but, LLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but but you know, but but in a small town, that's real to you though. Until yeah. you learn like, the business, but so do you think first- that that was that his wanting you to be under him could have possibly been out of wanting to love and protect you as a big brother, or was it just he just wanted you to to like be right there with him so he could kind of help mold you, or what was it the desire in your eyes? In my eyes, I think it was a little bit of all of that, and then it was also a little bit of possessiveness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like this, my little brother. Like, he he don't need to be fucking with y'all. He need to be fucking with me. Then my little brother type. You know, but but it also was that big brother protection too, though. Like, I know I'm not gonna screw my brother over. I know I'm not gonna put my brother in a bad situation. Type like thing. he had seen, and it had happened to him. Yeah, so I would say I would say it's like eighty percent protection, twenty percent this my brother. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I did that. I ain't never been nobody big brother because I'm a baby, but I could understand that from a big brother standpoint. You know what I mean? Awesome. I get it. Awesome. Well, um, we've talked a little bit about you, and we're gonna um, what we're gonna do right here is we're gonna take a break. Here and when we return, we're gonna get into the uh, excuse me, we're gonna get into the purpose of our interview, which is to honor DMX. And we'll be back right after this. He wants you to doubt. All he wants to do is you. He wants to mess with your mind so bad that you say, out your mouth. Why is God doing this to me? Why is this happening? He know he doing it. He know he is. Trapped in a place I don't belong Been trying to escape since I've been grown I pray my fate is not to be this way My dying day alone The world's cold is none of spirit Spiritually I'm far from home Just trying to find my way to God I pray I do before I'm gone I was born in the devil's clutches On the other hand my life's in God's hand God damn I feel I'm tugging This tug of war for my soul is a fight to the death Except it's me and both ears of the rope Trying my best My consciousness of my conscience is constant battles are constantly hunted Me since a youngin' man I don't know what to say on bending me, being me and God Don't see how that I'm like the Bible lied I fail walking by faith Maybe I'm tripping But the world sees a man who talks to himself It's crazy, but I don't think he's different From one who prays But pray for me 
The devil's having his way with me Now I'm boxing with God Battling demons Lord, what am I thinking? Boxing with God Battling demons Lord, what am I thinking? Boxing with God Battling demons Lord, what am I thinking? Boxing with God Battling demons Lord God, what good is your will if you ain't willing? All right, so we are back with my friend, my brother, Sifu Joe, and we're going to just take a quick trip down memory lane. So, Sifu Joe, tell us about when you first encountered or when you first discovered DMX. Uh, I was, it was 19, I remember that, and, um, I think it was that Get At Me Doll video, man. If I remember correctly, it was just one of them random days after school. I was watching rap, and this video came on. And the video in itself just looked dope. Like, I just love how the video looked. Like, but then I started hearing the dude rap and the beat and shit. I'm just like, who is this? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, the first time I heard it, I didn't even hear the whole song. I caught it, like, in the middle. And I just was like... What is that? And then I saw it again and I knew what it was. And then my brother got my oldest brother got that album and I got a chance to sit with the, the It's Dark and Hell is Hot album. And mm -hmm. I've been a fan ever since then, man. Like, because I mean he, he had that prayer on the like I didn't know he was gonna pray on every album at that time, but I had never mm -hmm. heard a, a rapper pray on an album. And that just grabbed me. Like and what he said in the prayer I related to. Like it's just I don't know, man. In a weird way, I related to that album, even though I didn't live the life DMS lived, but some way it, it, it hit me, though. Yeah. And um, ever since then, man, ever since then, I've been a fan. Okay. I've been a fan, man. Yeah, I'm going to ask Lance that same question, man, because I can't have you being too quiet over here, Lance. Tell hey, me about I, was, I was just about to say that, like, the thing that I love the most about DMX is that you didn't have to live through what he lived through, but you felt it. And it was he just very relatable. Yeah. He just real. Like, like to this day, man, like he just him and Tupac, man, they the realest two rappers I've ever seen, in my yeah. personal opinion. In my personal opinion. Like it don't get no realer than DMS, man. That man was like the rawest of the rawest. Yeah. Like, man. In every way. Every way, if he if he if he had to cry, he cried right there. It didn't yeah, matter. That's who, that's what we first cry. remember about him too, man. Like that that um that uh hard knock life tour where he he's yep. on stage and he just breaks down on stage. He's yep. just like, I'm tired. I love it, dog. Like I I think we need more of that. Like, and that's something that me personally as an artist, like I made sure like I embody that. Like I don't. I don't hold back in my music. I just think that's a number one rule of being an artist. Like you gotta pour you in, you gotta pour all of you in your music, and he did that every yeah. single song, every song. I could feel it. Like he did that every song. Man, like he's he's so a he's a prime example. He's a prime example of an artist giving themselves to their listeners. Yeah, and and we don't really have another artist who's done that. And like you said, um, he was open, he was honest, he was real. I mean, just think about it. At the time when being the drug dealer was the 
proper thing well was the popular thing to do in rap and to a certain extent it has never stopped and um as think uh as Bo Money even said on his podcast um DMX was rapping about and and acknowledged being the dope fiend not the dope yep. boy that was yep. something that was very different in rap at that time yeah he was a functioning addict rapping yep yep and i don't think nobody before him not not nobody i've heard let me say that mm-hmm. nobody i've heard before him had ever said that they was like on coke on crack maybe pimp c but i ain't really listening to ugk like that i couldn't really rock with pimp c as a rapper but he was the dms was the first rapper i heard give that type of honesty and the only other rapper i didn't heard do that with joe budden but joe budden came years after dms but you know what's so funny now? Because, like I say, I name our shows Wrestling with the Culture. And this is going to be a crazy... It's, it's probably makes sense later, but you'll get it now. Man, I look at DMX and his quote-unquote aesthetic or gimmick is so similar to Stone Cold. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep. If you look at I it, this I have had this thought before. Yep. Oh my god. Hey man, this is why we friends. <laughs> DMX yep, was stone cold in the rap game. Think about it. We we're coming out of the the Hogan era, or the um they were trying to find themselves after Hogan and after the new era or whatever WWE was doing. And going into the attitude area, hip hop is in a place where it's trying to. Because he came out in '98, Biggie died in the spring of '97, so mm-hmm. he comes out just about. Because I think it's dark and hell is hot came out in either May. I think it came out in May of '98. Yeah, yeah. So you talking about coming out? Yeah, May 12th, 1998. That album comes out. So I'm sure his single was out a little later. But DMX came out at a time when we didn't really have that mega superstar. And he's coming out there with that shirt off, that shaved head, that dog chain. If you look at it, him and Stone Cold, the same guy. Stone Cold, man. He was Stone Cold, bro, all day long. All day long, bro. Which is hilarious to me, but he was Stone Cold as hell, <laughs> and and the attitude as well, because Stone Cold was that dude who did he didn't really care how you how you perceived him. He's like, yo, I'm just yep. gonna be me. Yep, yep, and, and that's why Stone Cold was one of my favorite wrestlers still till today. Bald like, head, I, I, that shaved head. Stone Cold I came out of nothing, but that vest. DMX was out there with his shirt off. They both were riding four wheelers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They crazy, both would man, say whatever yeah. came to their mind. Literally the same, and they both seem to be the toughest and the rawest and the realest. Only only yeah. thing that's missing is the jorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, DMX had the camo, the camo or the cargo pants, but I think he did wear some um, camo shorts sometimes. You probably can look at yeah. him. He probably does have some jorts on in some of these videos. There are videos. I can't remember the video. But there is at least one video that he put out where he wore jean shorts and Timberland boots. Definitely did that. Definitely did. If it was video, it was something. That might have been the Rough Riders anthem. It could. It could be. It. Could. That's yeah, what I first he, heard. He of. Stop. Drop. 
And it's crazy because Pop was my favorite rapper, and then when Pop died, X became my favorite rapper. But let's just be okay. honest about this too with Pop. Um, Pop and Biggie re- got more famous after their deaths. They weren't. We weren't looking at them being the all-time greats while they were living. But when DMX came out, DMX was clearly the man. And I don't think we even remember this correctly because DMX was bigger than Jay-Z until maybe um, Blueprint came out. And that's when he started, um, Jay-Z kind of started to overtake or get some of that top dog popularity because you had dmx out you had because you know it was all the groups you had the no limit no limit were doing their thing the rough riders you had the hot boys um shoot you had who else um bad boy occasionally came out they think the locks kind of transferred over to rough riders and the Mm -hmm. but man i mean dmx was bigger than jay and we now consider jay the goat but and yeah. most during most of Jay's considered classic albums, DMX was bigger and hotter. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got a different perspective on that. Uh, mainly because okay, right? Volume two, Hard Not Life, Volume two. Uh, well, no, no, that wasn't Hard Not Life. What's the name of that Jay Z album that got the Hard Not Life song on there? The shit where he sampled that's, Annie that's, and all that. I think that's, that's, that's volume two. Life and Times. That's, three. Okay, that's so, okay. No, that's volume two. Volume that's three two. was the one with the with, with the gray with the gray cover. That was volume two. So okay, right? Didn't that come out in '98? I okay, want to say that. I'm gonna do this right quick. I'm gonna look up his discography. Yeah, because yeah. I think. I think in I think in my lifetime volume two came out in either ninety eight or ninety nine. And I know okay. that, that um I know that uh Hard Not Life song was huge for Jay Z. And I don't think I don't know. I don't know how the numbers was. I don't know how the record sales was for that single for Jay. Or just for that album in comparison to DMS. Volume two was ninety eight. Okay, I thought so. I can yeah. see why people. I can see why people say Jay wasn't as big because Jay wasn't as visible. Like it is definitely one of them things where it's like DMS dropped two number one albums and he was acting. Jay ain't never did no acting. Jay was doing mm-hmm. business, so a lot of his business shit back then people didn't really look at the business as much. Like the consumers, we ain't look at the business as much then as we do now. You okay, know, like hard Jay not making, life did sell five. Five uh five point four million. That was in ninety eight. Ninety seven he only sold one he only sold one point four. But but volume two did um volume two did sell five point four and DMX sold I think four point eight. But if you combine let yeah. me see, yeah. You combine both of its albums in that one year, though. He he got a lot off. He got a lot more off. He got a lot off.
Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this recording and this interview with Sifu Joe as much as I enjoyed giving the interview. He truly is one of a kind. It was somebody I love speaking with. But coming up this Saturday, we are going to be chatting with Keith and Keisha Holt of Ringtime Pro Wrestling. We're putting a podcast together that's going to span across both shows. It's going to be a co-show spectacular and it's something you don't want to miss, especially if you're a fan of wrestling and you want to hear some thoughts on WrestleMania 37. Look forward to seeing you all there and as always, be safe and mask up. But now, Let's get back to the final section of our interview with Joe Henson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. Um, we all we had to cut it short because we were approaching our time limit, and then we just it just the conversation just continued, and uh, hopefully we we'll have. Uh, my friend back for another episode because man we could literally literally talk all day about this but um as we close as we come to the last part of our interview Sifu Joe you talked about DMX praying and his faith so I want to know how DMX discussing his faith on his record had an impact on your faith? Um, DMX, I, w- I didn't grow up in a church like that. Like, my, my mom and them took us to church, and, and church was cool. I ain't gonna lie, though. I like Sunday school for the ground crackers. But, <laughs> like, it didn't just grab me like that. You know what I mean? DMX was literally the person that was responsible for me wanting to have a relationship with God. Like, and I ain't gonna even want to. I don't even want to say wanting, but it just he showed me that it how important it was. Like, he showed me like, hey, I need to do this. Like, I'll never forget on that flesh on my flesh, blood on my blood album. That song, ready to meet him. Like, that's one of the first songs I thought about when I found out he passed. Like, I'm like, you got to meet him now. But, like, on that song, man, the way he break down his experience and just his battles and talking to God, like, I had those moments myself, like, after that song. Like, but when I had those moments, that song was always a song I could go to and listen to and bring me some peace, bring me some calm, bring me some clarity. You know what I mean? And... And on top of just faith, man, like, like DMS, God used DMS to save my life, like literally save my life. Like I almost committed suicide at 13. And if, if, if I didn't hear in the background in my, in my brother's room, if I didn't hear I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Like if I ain't hear that in the background for that split second, I probably wouldn't be here today. You know what I mean? Like, I probably wouldn't be here today. And that's the hardest thing about him dying the way he died, bro. Because it's like, for me, it's a little weird because it's like, damn, I wish I could have did something to say the person who saved me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's a thought that be in my brain. But it's like, I didn't know him. And even if I knew him, it wasn't nothing I could have done. But it's like, I feel like, bro, he'll give me a second chance at life. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I wish I could have, I just wish I knew him so I could have tried at least. But I did get to at least talk to him on Instagram and let him know what he did for me. And that was the number one thing for me since I was 13. Like I just wanted to be able to tell him what he did for me. But like he he definitely changed my life more than any other artist. Like easily, easily. He he had the biggest impact on my life. Like even till this day, man, even with him dying, like his death is having a big impact on my future. Like it's certain things that I'm like, yeah, I need to change this. I, it's certain changes I need to make within myself. And he was a he just was an example for me, man, on so many levels. But um I think a lot of people share that. I think a lot of people get God from him in a way that you don't get from church. Because I ain't gonna lie, church can be watered down sometimes. Church could kind of have this thing where it's like, if you're not perfect, you're not worthy of God. But DMX was that person that was clearly imperfect. But even in his imperfection, you could see like, you are definitely a warrior God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, are, you are a man of God despite your evil. Despite the evil he battled, you can clearly tell that man had God in him, on him, through him. In any way, shape, or form, God was present in that man. You know, it's interesting uh, that you bring that up because what happened is um, I remember hearing stories about how DMX was homeless and when he was struggling at his lowest and that I remember him well, after he made it big and after he became famous, him donating money to that church to help refurbish or rebuild that church because he said mm-hmm. this church kept me alive and took me in and let me sleep in the church when I literally mm-hmm. had no place to go. And I remember that faith being a big part of him. And I've seen some videos even in the last couple of days where he was with several well-known gospel artists. You may not know who they are, but, um, and he was in, in the house with them. And as they were singing, mm-hmm. he was into it because DMX was a man who was about his faith. He was, he yeah. was, I mean, I'm not, let's, let's just be honest. People say, well, he, he smoking, he drinking. I don't want to preach today and end this because that's not what I do on this platform, especially on this platform, even though I do, um, I, I am big in my faith. I don't really express it on this platform so much because I do it in so many other areas. Um, DMX was someone who, who battled addiction and he battled with his mental health issues. And for anyone to try to say that he is not saved or try to question his salvation, when clearly he followed Romans ten and Romans ten and nine and confessed and believed in his heart, you're in error because those are those addictions are illnesses. Yeah. And so you mean to tell me that God could not understand that he was struggling with the illness? No. That's not that doesn't sound like God at all. God understood he had an illness and he still loved him and saved him yet and still. But I don't want to get too much on that. Um let's get on um before we before we get out looking at dmx now in the retrospective we never really have had an artist um a hip-hop artist one of our legendary hip-hop artists to die past their prime for real Mm -hmm. we've always had them i mean because if you look at it guys like cool cool hurt 
Grandmaster Flash, um, Cool Modi. Who else am I? Who else am I listening out? Um, do 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 do. Basketball is my favorite sport. Dog, I can't even think of his name right now. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking I can, about. Yeah. But um, the you know our our legends are still here. For the most part, Run DMC, Jam Master J died in a freak robbery, but we still have most of our our rap legends here. We haven't seen um, our our legends die past their prime. Curtis Blow, who I was trying to say, you know, he's still around. So, what does it mean now and <laughs> to see a rapper pass at fifty, who was our legend? who lived to see the downfall, who lived to, you know, go through that I'm broke stage and I'm not as famous as I used to be, but I'm still beloved. What does that mean for the hip hop community? I think we get to see the reality of rap. You know what I mean? Like, cause when somebody big and they just kind of like fall off the face of the earth and you don't hear about them or see them no more. But with DMS, we literally got to see the full story. Like we got to yeah. see him come from nothing. We got to see him come from nothing, beat the odds of his personal life and his upbringing, the stuff that made him DMS. We got to we got to hear those stories. We got to see him at his fame, the peak. We got to see him do rap successfully. We got to see him do acting successfully. We got to see him jail successfully over and over i was looking at his rap sheet man yesterday and i'm just like but it man he'd have been in jail a <laughs> lot oh my god i gotta give you a laugh <laughs> man like he been in jail a lot man but he always bounced back and yeah. he always had drugs he had a drug addiction his entire career and we got to see what happens when you don't shake your drug addiction Wow. It was it was the cause of his death, and he had that at, from a child. If you remember the story, they they've been playing yeah. it. Him talking about yeah. I smoked weed as a as a young young man. As he said, he got a a joint that was laced with crack, and he was yeah. like what twelve? I think he was like, like twelve, fourteen. He might have been fourteen. Yeah, but he he was young though. He was definitely he was definitely young, and yeah, yeah and that was somebody he loved and trusted. Yeah, that story in itself is just like, oh, it's, Man, it's, it's, it's like, wow, it, it hits you. Just hearing him talk about somebody that he trusted and loved so much and feeling like they betrayed him like that is powerful. Yeah, and I think he had, he had other forms of abuse, too, that I don't know if it was sexual or physical. I forgot. But he overcame those two child abuse. He, he overcame those things. And oh, his mama, bro. Bro, his mama took him to a place, bro, and didn't tell him that she was not going to, like, bring him home. Like, imagine your mama taking you somewhere and asking you, do you like this place? And then you'd be like, it's all right. And then she just leave you there and wow. don't come back to you. Like, but, but, um, but think about that happening after your dad abandoning you, too. So it's just like, he he, he got... His life, bro, like, man, hindsight like 2020, man. When I sit down and think about that man, life experiences, man, I'm like, but then that man lived a very painful life, like mm. a super painful life. But it was that pain that gave him. 
that we talking about right now. Hold on, like, because he was a different type. It was that type. pain that what? It was that pain and the and it was the pain that gave him the 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 gift and the strength and yeah. power and it, it it made him the person we talking about today. If mm-hmm. he didn't have all that abandonment in his life, he wouldn't be today. But he would be alive today because he battled mental. He battled mentally really bad. Like he yeah. like Swiss Beat said recently, like he suffered every day. And I can believe it. I can believe it. Like when he talk about the stuff that go on in his mind, I seen him boohoo cry about that. And I'm like, bro, really sounded like he had schizophrenia. That's what I think, but I don't yeah. know him. But he sounded like he suffered from I mean, schizophrenia. DMX by his rapping, we always thought he was a little crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean to laugh about that, but you know, we always you can if you heard him rap even at his prime, you could tell that he mentally was just built different. He was a little yeah. different. And I remember just, my father. I love him. I hate him. Like right back to yeah. back. And yeah. you just gotta you just gotta respect the fact that he had all that going on and he did such yeah. great stuff with what he had. He took what he had yeah. and he made it work for him. Yeah. Bro. Fast, bro. See, that's the thing, man. Like we look down on struggle, man, but the struggle is that's the blessing of life in so many ways. Like it's the struggle, but it's only if you if you step up to the plate in your struggle, though. And he always stepped up to the yeah. plate, man. But we got to watch the whole shit, man. We got to watch him go to jail in Arizona and then have managers and stuff steal all his money. So now you get you older, you've been gone too long, but he still remained who he was. And even in his prime, bro, he never was a flashy dude. He never had all these chains and all that on, like. He wore his dog chain from the time we saw him to the time he died. Like he just wore his dog chain. Like he didn't do him. all the extra. Like he, was he just he was a super he was yes. Never changed. And it's just and that, it's that like, human like, element. He was just so human. Even while being yeah. so big, he was so human. But man, yep. tell us um where we can find your music but we get before we get up out of here, man. Tell us where to find that at. Uh all platforms, man, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Shazam. Yeah, <laughs> tell them how to spell your name, brother. Joe Henson, J-O-3-H-3-N-S-O-N. Joe yes, Henson. Yes, sir, Joe you know Henson, I mean? man. We thank you for being this interview. We we went on so long, your phone and your, and your Wi-Fi just got tired and just went out on us a couple of times. But, man, we thank you for coming on. This will not be your last time on wrestling with the culture. Lance, we appreciate you. I'm Lance, brother, I love you too, man, because you're you a good brother, and I appreciate you for coming on and and, feel, and, and filling that void and being who you are, man. So I love both of and you, brother. spending brothers, a little man. time. You two are my closest friends, and I'm just happy to have this time with you, and I'm happy you got a chance to meet each other. To our audience out there, thank you again. Don't forget, we will be getting together with Ringtime Pro Wrestling, Keith and Keisha Holt, the Wonder, the Wonder Siblings. We will be activating our powers and coming together for a recap of WrestleMania. So everybody out there, stay safe, mask up, and we will Watch see you again later on. We'll holler at you. We at time. We out. Peace. Suffer. To survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering.
Different faces like Mason.